its core, healthcare is about people. While the patients are always at the centre of care, that care is delivered by hardworking, passionate people that want to make the world a better place by helping others. The Clinical Excellence Showcase 2019 delved deeper into the people behind the care because it is their dedication, innovative spirit and a desire to give back that keeps our system running. These are the real people delivering remarkable healthcare. The right care from the right person at the right time can go a long way to improving its effectiveness. And that improvement to care can have a huge impact on the broader system. Westmorton's mental health co-responder model, a Queensland first, is proof of just that. A seemingly simple idea for a trained mental health nurse to escort police officers to potential mental health call-outs has changed the way that Janet Brack's patients in Ipswich receive care and improves patient flow throughout the health service. Since its inception, the program has been so successful, the model is spreading throughout the state and even partnering with other first responders. We're from Westmorton and we're the mental health co-responder team. My colleagues here, are, this, this is all about where are we now and what's the future. These guys are our future. So they're going to talk to you in just a couple of minutes. But I'm, basically I'm just going to give you a bit of a catch up, what we're about and um, what happens with us. So the co-responder team is a mental health nurse that works with the police service and we attend any triple O call-outs that the police get called to that might involve some sort of mental health issue. We work in the police service as a secondary response team, so the police go out first, they decide whether they need us or whether we can add any benefit to that, and they call us and, and off we go. We have an unmarked police car, I have a police officer with me all the time. We release that first response crew back to their normal policing duties so they're not tied up for hours dealing with whatever the situation might be. They get on with their policing job and we sort out the mental health issues. So what we provide, instead of that person having to come to the emergency department at the hospital, which traditionally is where police bring them as first responders, they're not mental health clinicians. We take the hospital to them, which is back again to one of those earlier presentations, which is all about bringing the service to you, not having to bring the person to the hospital. So we're freeing up the ED time by doing the mental health assessments out at people's homes, on the street, in the gutter, at the park, wherever we end up. Wherever people need us is where we go. So what that does is it provides the care where they need it. It also gives us a better idea as clinicians of what exactly is going on and what the, the truth is for that person. So it's all about that person. Once, you, once that person traditionally had, had been dealt with by police, put in a police car or an ambulance, brought up to hospital, sat in ED for hours, the story that the clinician gets in hospital is so incredibly different to the story that you actually hear and the other people that you meet and the family that you see and the house that they live in or the street that they live in. 
you get that by turning up on the job at the time and it's a very, very different picture. So you're actually able to give better targeted care. You're really able to recognise the true drivers of what the issues are and you provide a much better service. That co-responder dream, and this is sort of important as to kind of what we've done in the last 12 months, that dream came from I was originally working as a police liaison type role within mental health and I went to a conference in America back in 2010 and saw this co-responder model working for a team from Toronto in Canada. And as soon as I heard the, their stories and saw their figures, I just thought, that's what we need, that's for us. And I came back to Australia and we tried to make that happen in our district in 2010, but there just wasn't, you know, it's Queensland Health, it's the age old story. There wasn't the money, there wasn't the budget, there wasn't the, the kind of follow-up with that. So it's t it took a good seven years and in 2017, we started the pilot program. From the pilot program, we went to, we did that for six months, or nearly 12 months it ended up being, and then we went to permanent and we went to seven days a week, so we have extended it. I should say here that last year I had with me Sergeant Leon Margetts, who was the other half of the drive to make this happen. In fact, he was the major half of the drive to make this happen. If it hadn't been for Sergeant Margetts, it probably might not have come into being. And unfortunately, he can't be with us here today because he's at another ceremony and he's collecting his 40 years service award from the Queensland Police today. So he thought that, yeah. So that's why he's not here with us. We have a very good history in our district of collaboration and I think that's why it was, it was eventually so easy to make this work. It caught on really quickly within the service and the way that we ran our model, the police service absolutely took to it like ducks to water, straight up, which was great. So in the last 12 months, we've done 688 assessments for people in their homes, on the streets, wherever we may be. We've assisted police with another 475 incidents. They all think that they've become very good mental health clinicians now because they take turns working with us. So they've got added skills, which is fabulous. And that's a really fabulous thing because they don't need to call us out all the time. Sometimes they'll just call us. They'll give us a call and they'll ask for our advice or they'll say, look, this is what I'm thinking. And you know, that time I worked with you in the mental health car, this happened, so I'm thinking I'll do this this time. Is that all right or can you follow up? So we assist them with various calls for lots and lots of different reasons. We also went back to the Policing Mental Health Conference, which is the Crisis Intervention Conference, and we presented back at the conference that we have finally done what we heard from them in 2010. So that was really exciting to go back to that conference and to, to let them know what a difference they'd made for us and how hearing about it at that conference had led to it um, moving out here to Australia. When we came back in 2010, there was only one similar program in the whole country. Down in Melbourne, they had a PACER team that was in trial at that time. So they had just started trying it down there. So it was very exciting to be among the very first people to try it in the country. Last year we won the Clinical Excellence Award. That was very nice. We've moved to uh, seven days a week, 10 hours a day. Hopefully we will expand that as time goes on.
the program has expanded into other districts. So since we were here last year, it's expanded into Metro South. So it's at PA, it's at Logan. I think it's expanded up into Townsville. And I think there are another number of other sites that are also looking at it or have already started trials. I can't think of them all. And our big news, of course, is that we've started a Queensland ambulance co-responder as well. So that's what these guys are going to talk to you about in just a sec. So right from the very beginning when we started the police co-responder, we could absolutely see that we were going to need an ambulance co-responder. The ambulance were really doing a significant amount more of mental health related jobs than even the police were. So I'll, ju I'll just give you a quick snapshot of a couple of numbers that aren't up there. But this year, someone did a few stats for us earlier this year. and. What the police and ambulance use to bring people to hospital are EEAs. A lot of you would already know what that is, but it's an emergency examination authority. So that's how they get someone that they've got mental health concerns for to hospital. So in our district, when we looked at the beginning of the year, police on their own were bringing to hospital about 30 EEAs a month, which has dropped considerably because they've got a co-responder now. But they're still bringing in about 30 people a month. Police and ambulance together were bringing in about another 30 people a month into the ED. Ambulance, on top of that 60 that are already coming in every month, the ambulance are bringing in another 150 people a month on EEAs, which is just mind-boggling. So you can see that the, the ambulance co-responder is absolutely imperative. Now I'll hand you over to the ambulance co-responders. Uh, thanks, Janet. Um, I'm Amy. I'm a clinical nurse consultant, and I am one of the first uh, co-responders in the West Morton district. Um, I work with my colleague uh, Victoria, and she's a clinical psychologist. Um, we are very privileged to be a part of this pilot program, uh, and we definitely feel very honoured that you've had us uh, here today to sneak in the back of Janet's presentation and and. Uh, yeah, ride her coattails. We're in the middle of a 12-month project. It started in July this year. It's in partnership with the Queensland Ambulance Service and it's the pilot is across two districts, our district in West Morton, but also in Metro South as well. It's shared by two clinicians, myself and Victoria, and we work four days a week from Friday to Monday. We work in the afternoon from midday to 10 p.m. and we partner with an ambulance officer. So we work with an advanced care paramedic who has additional training. They work in a unit in the ambulance called LaRue, which is the local assessment and referral unit. So between us, we work a paramedic and an, a clinician those hours to respond similar to the police. We respond to triple zero calls that are mental health related. So far, we have been seeing people like Janet does in the street, in the gutter, in their own homes. Sometimes we have seen people in shopping centres. I've even seen someone at the local pub. And uh, we're there to provide immediate assessment instead of them having to be brought to the emergency department for them to speak to someone about their mental health. We're there on scene in the QAS pilot, we are first response. So we are the primary crew that can be dispatched by the comms centre to those mental health crises. It enables us to be on scene first, to assess the situation, de-escalate the situation, then determine if mental health intervention is needed. We can provide short-term strategies, short-term interventions and management to keep someone there safe at home or wherever they may be. We may be able to provide those interventions and in doing so, divert as an alternative pathway away from the emergency department. 
we, uh, like Janet explained, um, our emergency services personnel use uh, EEAs under the Public Health Act. And what we found is that in the first six weeks, we've seen 91 patients. That's just over four days. We've seen 91 patients between us. And then we have been collecting data as to if the co-responder hadn't been on scene, what would have the primary acute crew done? Would have they utilised an EEA to bring someone involuntarily to hospital or would they have left them at home without our intervention? And we have found that in the first six weeks there's been nearly an 80% reduction in the amount of involuntary presentations that the ambulance service has used. So under an EEA, someone is detained for six hours for assessment and treatment involuntarily. An 80% reduction means that that's, you know, that's 70 people for us that weren't transported involuntarily to ED. That's 70 people that weren't detained for six hours in the emergency department. And as we know, EDs can be quite chaotic. They can be quite hectic. They can be very busy and even distressing. So for someone who's already in a crisis and already distressed, that can exacerbate the crisis that they're already in. It also means that that's... For 70 people, that's an acute crew, an ambulance crew, that's not detained on ramp waiting for that assessment to happen. So we're freeing up not just the acute, acute crews to go and attend other medical emergencies, but we are freeing emergency beds in the, in the acute ED and we're you know, reducing those wait times, which is pretty incredible to be a part of in the first six weeks to see that kind of data. So we've taken seven, oh, 21 of those 91 um, individuals that we've seen to the emergency department. Of those people that were taken to the emergency department, nine of them actually required medical intervention. So about four or five of them actually um, required a medical admission for a delirium, and the others were requiring medical intervention post-overdose or active deliberate self-harm. What we've actually found, though, with this co-responder model is that we can provide a mental health assessment at home and our paramedic can also provide suturing of wounds, of self-harm wounds at home and also can clear people for non-lethal overdoses at home so we don't have to take those people to hospital. In terms of follow-up, the majority of the people that we see are actually referred to the acute care team within the mental health service. This probably looks worse than it actually is because the majority of people will require just a phone call to their GP or current treating private psychiatrist or psychologist and we're not able to provide that during the hours that we're working. So that's actually going to the acute care team. Of the 21 that were taken to hospital, five of those were actually admitted to the mental health unit and the rest are mostly going to their GPs or private psychiatry. So in the first six weeks, we've found that there's been a significant impact of the QAS co-responder model, and we're very proud to be part of it. This podcast was produced by Clinical Excellence Queensland. To continue the conversation, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify.